0: Counseling and mental health team, this uh, podcast, but also a, a lot just uh, going on with the return of school. not we We've we 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 some challenges we had some Tech talk challenges have like they gone uh, the the of teachers to themselves, the streets, the the general numbers, uh, this, around us. Um, you know we, we really hope that some of the quarantine restrictions would soften and you know some of it did around uh, you know things like six foot distancing and space in classrooms. Um, and hybrid learning uh, was obviously a thing of the past. Uh, but I do think everyone would agree that at this juncture that the return to normal uh, after two years of, of the, past, uh, the past strife uh, has left us pretty tired um, and as I think, caused different levels of challenge in students, uh, different level of challenge in educators. And, uh, you know, there really isn't any easy way of tackling that other than, uh, I think, to use this summer as an opportunity to recharge in the hope that next year will be even uh, more of a return to normality. And, you know, I think some of the challenges that we had this year involved a sometimes lack of civility and almost overwhelming willingness of folks to just want to disagree for the sake of disagreeing. Uh, Those are the reality of the times. Uh, Those are the negatives that are part of us. But, you know, when we think about all of those different challenges, I I do think it made some of our victories this year all the more sweeter. Uh, It it was great to see at the end of the year our eighth graders making a difference. The civics projects that lined our hallway for the last week uh, of school kicked off by that incredible press conference that emerged out of a really terrible event at the start of our school year and to see students taking their action to the local authorities to state authorities to make a difference for us locally uh, was certainly something I will always be grateful for and, and grateful for the work of their teachers to, to make that possible. Uh, it was awesome to watch our fans storm the field at Woburn High School back in November as our girls' field hockey team celebrated its state championship. Uh, it was great to see our baseball, softball teams, our tennis teams, uh, our cheer teams, our basketball teams, and our soccer teams uh, all advance to in in state tournament play and uh, capture league championships in, in some way, shape, or form. And, of course, our cross-country and track athletes gave us so much to be proud of, uh, both on an individual and statewide basis. So I think when I look at the year as a whole, as a school principal, I'm proud because there's a lot of great things that happened. And that goes without saying just that the everyday work that we would see captured – uh, we had a number of schools visit us in the tail end of the school year and at times in the middle of the school year that left our school feeling inspired by the work of our students, the words of our students and what they were able to observe in our classrooms. And, and that continued, I think, in spite of the pandemic. So, you know, I think there were a lot of positives that helped us sustain some momentum. Um, but the challenges are very real and the challenges are, are absolutely things we have to keep in mind as we move forward. And part of moving forward means putting steps in place to enhance uh, our, our programming. We're grateful for the town to be funding a, an engineering study that will help us determine the best practice for a second exit, and uh, as our campus absolutely needs a, a safer way of entering and departing. Uh, and, and a secondary way at that uh, we're grateful that lights on our turf field appear to be a, a moving forward and we look forward to engaging the community in that progress and also a, a second field at the high school uh, for the purpose of some of our other sports particularly softball that have had to be on the move so often uh, we had a few folks that left us this year. Uh, Ms. Keown retired mid-year after a long career as a special educator in the district, and more recently, Mr. Berkowitz, our cross-country and track coach, retired after uh, two decades plus as a physical education and wellness teacher. And Ms. Sweeney, one of our uh, special educators who works as a speech and language pathologist, they all retired. And you know, we we do see retirement sometimes as an opportunity but we also know that when people retire, it leaves a void. It leaves a void with their colleagues, their students, and the institutional history that veterans have. So while we're excited about the individuals who we have hired to uh, fill those spots, and in one case already has joined us because of Ms. Keone's mid-year retirement, we, we also know that, that they've earned it, that they have absolutely uh, left their Mark on both our students and our community alike, and finally, uh, that we will uh, keep them in mind as we, as we well as we wish them. Sorry, a very long, healthy, and happy uh, retirements. Plural. Uh, we also recently uh, said farewell to uh, Chris Carboni, our athletic director, who took a position at Stoughton High School, which is very close. Uh, to where he resides and cut his commute down by uh, from about 45 minutes to about five. So uh, he definitely earned it. And as I shared with our staff on the last day of school, when we when we uh, met for our final meeting, when when Mr. Carboni took over, uh, I had been left in a really difficult spot. Our previous athletic director had resigned. Our assistant principal was ill with the uh, with a uh, illness that was going to keep him away from school for a couple of weeks, and I was watching our our school prepare for the uh, eighth grade uh, reimagination or reconfiguration. And it was a very challenging couple of weeks, and we managed to identify an athletic director at the time uh, was Chris. He stepped in immediately, He got the ball rolling and he he has really dedicated himself to the work uh, of supporting our Spartan student athletes and community over the past couple of years, which, uh, it was complicated by the pandemic. And he and I worked very closely together with the Sports Medicine Committee. A number of our protocols became state models. And his work this year was certainly tireless as he kept our student athletes on the field, court, track, etc., cetera, and safe. Uh, and I think one of the things I will be forever grateful for is that he really did prioritize the, the experience of our student athletes. Now, uh, I, I will share that our new athletic director, you'll hear from her in uh, a podcast in a few weeks, Beth Wandice. She comes to us with a ton of athletic administration experience, and we're very excited uh, for her contributions to come for our community and our, our programs. And as we welcome her to our admin team, I just want to thank everyone who participated in the screening process. Uh, we had a great pool of new nearly 100 candidates, we interviewed 16 of them uh, that we, uh, from which we brought back six candidates to meet with focus groups of staff, coaches, and students, and including a couple of parents as well. So uh, we felt like we did a really thorough job and are very proud of the work uh, of those folks. In particular, uh, Coach Matt Blood, Coach Cassie Kanawa, our Dean of Students, David Mora, and our Assistant Principal Matt Bertrand were part of the first round screening that helped cut down from nearly uh, that 100 applicant pool uh, down to about 30 and then to 16 that we interviewed Uh, finally for me i just want to say thank you to everyone out there in the community who has uh, been part of this incredibly rocky ride Uh, it has been a roller coaster i'd be lying if i said it, it weren't and as somebody who does not necessarily appreciate uh the ups and downs i think one of the things that we have learned to do is appreciate each other uh, the experience that our school can bring so many and first and foremost a willingness uh, to listen on behalf of our kids i'm grateful for the opportunity to be the uh, uxbridge high school principal i know that we have a significant turnover, particularly at the district level and at the administrative level across our district, I I speak for Mr. Mora and Mr. Bertrand, and now Ms. Wandice is the third member, uh, fourth member of our admin team, that we are absolutely committed to continuing the great work. Speaking of great work, in the next part of this segment, you will hear from our student mental health team, our adjustment counselors, and our school psychologist about some of the work that has been done this year to support kids in transitioning back and in looking forward. So I thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoy our chat with them. And thank you for tuning in to the Uxbridge High School Spartan Podcast. Have a great summer, everyone. I'm Uxbridge High School Principal Mike Rubin. And welcome, everyone, to another edition of our Uxbridge High School Spartan Podcast. We're joined today by... uh... A piece of our counseling team, or pieces, I should say, uh, the mental health uh, professionals in the uh, in the Uxbridge High School are our adjustment counselors and school psychologists. They comprise part of our student support team, which also includes the other school counselors and uh, some of the members of the administration and our nurse, but uh, specifically, we're talking about mental health supports after what has been uh, a challenging couple of years for students in, uh, well, not just Dutchbridge, I guess, you could say pretty much everywhere. Um, and we're meeting today with the three adjustment counselors, Allison Sacone, Jackie Lynch, and Lori Tobin, and our school psychologist, Hilary Ritaco. Thanks for taking some time with us, everybody.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank
0: you. So I guess to to lead off a little bit, I mean, one of the challenges that I think uh, people maybe take a little bit for granted is the difference between um, the adjustment and the school counselor, and and a school psychologist brings in a whole other level of expertise. So maybe for the folks that are that are at home listening to this for the for the first time, perhaps uh, one of the adjustment counselors might be able to share a little bit of the difference between what an adjustment counselor's intended role is and ought to be, and how it's been structured this year at, at the high school. And then. Mr. Taco could maybe talk a little bit about where she sees her overlap in the, uh, in the psychology realm. So not sure which one of you wants to take that, but it's a pretty, pretty easy question to just say, hey, what do you do every day?
2: (laughs) Um, I'm happy to answer that. So I think, well, one of the things I think is important for folks to know is that the traditional guidance counselor role has really switched to be called a school counselor. So folks may be hearing that more often, um, that it's not, Just guidance related information that the school counselors are really looking at social emotional um, work with students as well. And so every student is assigned um, a school counselor, the adjustment counselors are kind of like an adjunct to that. So we are available to any student in the building. We do have a certain caseload of students that we see on a regular basis, whether they're on some sort of support plan, IEP plan, 504 plan, um, and then any type of like crisis intervention work we're also involved in. Um, So a day in a life can be pretty busy. we may have like a, a set schedule, but that can change depending on the needs of the students, the needs of our staff. Um, so really, just involved in any kind of supports that folks may be needing in the school.
1: My turn.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it's your turn, Mr. Taco. Thanks, Ms. So,
1: so as a school psychologist. I do a lot of cognitive evaluations. So the best way I like to describe it is I get to figure out how students learn best and get to report it out to the school counselors, adjustment counselor if a student is linked to them and teachers um, to obviously determine eligibility for an IEP. So that is definitely a main huge component of my job here at Uxbridge High School, Um, but I also support three programs, the Independence Project, the Learning Lab, and Partnership, um, where I help provide students with um, social skills, and then also I'm kind of like an adjunct to the school adjustment counselors, um, and any student that needs supports, whether it's a safety screening, just a check-in, I also help provide those services to them.
0: So as, <laughs> excuse me, as, as this year progressed, um, you know, kind of looking at the shifting responsibilities of this team, um, what would you say became probably a couple of the more, uh, a couple of the the more critical areas that that emerge, dealing with students and supporting them with staff, and um, I know it's kind of a wide open question, but uh, you know sometimes schools they talk in words like tiers and tier one versus supports and this and that, and and let's face it, the average person isn't going to speak that language. There they want to hear what what do people do? So um, I know the the day in the life is perhaps a bit more complex to describe because every day is so different, but um, over the course of the year, certain responsibilities I think emerged as as perhaps more critical than others. And maybe you could talk to our listeners a little bit about what some of those were.
3: Well, we, um, I don't know- This is Ms.
0: Tobin, by the way.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Um, We, this year created um, a group counseling program that uh, was not available to all students in previous years. Uh, but this year we were able to implement uh, several groups, we had um, a grief group, uh, a mental health awareness and managing high school stress group, some art therapy groups, a few um, DBT dialectical behavior therapy groups, we also had um, a, a young men's group. Um, so this these were um, groups that were kind of short term in nature, like six to eight weeks, and we were able to do a few rounds so that they were available to kind of like the broader population.
0: As now, again, out in the world, um, we hear a lot about additional stress, mental health challenges of kids, um, mental health challenges of adults, specifically educators. Um, Uxbridge isn't immune to that. Um, and as much as some folks I think might want to just pretend like, well, you know, you are just going to kind of put yourself up, pick, pull yourself up and make things better. Uh, there's no magic wands. And the reality is there have been a a, a great many challenges. Would you say that, uh, the work that's been done this year has, I don't want to say been, been made less impossible or more possible by the fact that there is a team working at it. And, and perhaps um, as you look at some of those challenges that you see from some of your colleagues in the surrounding area, what's made Uxbridge's response perhaps a little different um, from other schools, other communities?
3: I wonder if uh, maybe Ms. Cohn might be best for this response just because she, she was here pre-team uh, Now now that we have a team, I think um, maybe that perspective might be good to hear about.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, pre-pandemic, it was a lot to manage on my own. I was the only adjustment counselor here in the building. Now that we have two others, um, some folks may kind of question that, but I think it's been wonderful because we've actually been able to do a lot of preventative work. In the past, it's always been reactive, which is just sort of the nature of the job and you know helping kids as things happen and as they're going through tough things, um, where this year we've really been able to be proactive in um, tracking kids assessing kids being out in the even just simply out in the building in the cafeteria. We did a huge campaign for mental health awareness month um, we realized how important that was for us to just um, show our faces in the building and make connections with all kids um, so we would never have been able to do that prior um, to having the staff and this ki- kind of team to work together so it's been helpful just manpower but it's also been a great collaborative effort so we've been able to like share our own ideas we work with our swiggle group of counselors Um, through 13 other schools and getting ideas from them as well. And so being able to actually implement that has been super important. And I think has really been able to address the mental health crisis throughout the nation um, that, you know, Mr. Rubin mentioned is not unique to Uxbridge, um, but has really been, um, you know, I've just been really grateful for having that support and being able to reach more kids. And I really hope that by the end of this year, kids will know where to go, how to get help, um, that it's okay. Um, If families need help and support, we're here. We're already talking about next year and ways we can reach out more to the community and and get families more involved because there's no way we can do this alone. We don't expect families to do it alone either. And we really wanna make sure that um, kids feel safe and supported and obviously if their mental health isn't in order academically things are going to be really difficult and challenging so helping staff be aware of that helping take care of our staff as well um, and helping kids understand that connection is super important can i add (laughs) please
1: um i just want to follow up with allison because i mean this is i'm finishing up year five and Um, prior to having Lori and Jackie as our school adjustment counselors, it was also just Allison and I, and we had all these like hopes of maybe wanting to start groups or, you know, going to SWCCL events and, you know, hearing some great things that were happening to other schools as well. Um, But obviously, like, as I mentioned, my main role is doing evaluations and that you know, does have to happen legally. Um, but now because of we have the two additional school adjustment counselors, I feel like we're able to do so much more. And then when we were just at our school meeting, I feel like we are like light years ahead of some districts, not to put anyone down, but just, you know, I really feel like we're getting to a flow and we're doing a lot of things that we've wanted to do for years now, having these two additional staff members.
0: So Beyond some of the counseling work and in the individual counseling work, some of the groups, how does your roles interact with classroom teachers so that social emotional supports become more pervasive within the building and are not one-offs of, you know, hey, we did one lesson here or we had a student in the counseling office there." there. There seems to be more of a a concerted effort to work collaboratively with the staff. How how does that happen? And what are some of the successes you've seen?
3: But we worked really closely with um, uh, two of the wellness teachers, health and wellness teachers uh, in preparing for mental health awareness month. And in doing that, we also, collaborated with some other teachers and communicated regarding like what SEL, social emotional supports or strategies they have going on in their classrooms and kind of found out that um, there's a ton of stuff actually being done. Not all teachers in the building, but a lot of teachers are doing things like like daily emotional check-ins where they have students fill out like a Google form sort of doing like an emotional check-in and then communicating with a counselor if the student needs to be seen. Um, That's something that I think is really important. And I know that I have gotten several calls and emails from teachers, like just kind of flagging students and expressing um, different concerns and stuff like that. So I feel like that, those kind of things are happening in the classrooms even more than we were aware of before
2: I'd want to add to um, you know kind of a shout out to Lori for like really spearheading this mental health awareness campaign. Where we did it it probably sounds very simple but things like having teachers um put a quote on their whiteboard so a kid walks in and they're stressed out about taking a math test but they see a quote on the board says you, you got this you can do this um to having daily announcements um we kind of joked with laurie are you really going to be able to pull this off like every day and she did it and it was awesome to hear um staff volunteered to just come in the morning and read like some sort of like mental health um, quote. Um, and so for the kids to hear, you know, their he did it. Stud- students did it too. Yep. Students did it too. So to hear their history teacher say something over the intercom in the morning about mental health um, was great. I mean, I have students in my office and I have the privilege of working with them one-on-one. So it's easier to have those in-depth sort of personal conversations, but a lot of kids would say to me, if I just knew our staff, you know, my teacher struggled with this too, I would feel so much better and not alone because we look up to them. So one of the projects that we did spearheaded by um, one of our um, PE and wellness teachers was a walk in our shoes where staff actually wrote down something that they were struggling with and we hung them up in the lobby so that the kids could all see. And then a couple of weeks later we had the kids do it. And so I think little activities like this are, are not the one and done. It really is building that culture because SEL, social emotional learning, is not just you know a 30-minute once-a-week advisory kind of group. It has to be like infused into our daily life. And I feel like we've got some really good momentum building with this um, and even for teachers to be more aware. So if there is a teacher that maybe is is a little more focused on their curriculum, they get to see their colleagues using some of this and realizing, wow, this really does make an input if we, let kids breathe for five minutes before a test or before class starts, they actually do better. Their brains work better. Um, so there is like brain science behind all of this. Um, and especially I think given our world and everybody talking about the mental health crisis, we're in, all in um, these little things are super important. And um, I know I'm just really excited for next year and being able to, to build on that and keep that momentum going.
0: So in a word or two, what what are some of the goals for next year? What are some of the things that, you know, you would put in place or be able to look back a year from now and say, okay, 22, 23 was a success if blah, blah, blah occurred.
3: So something I'm particularly excited about, and I know we all have like our little things that we're um, hoping to uh, have come to fruition, but Uh, We are starting a mental health leadership club next year. We've already had um, an informational meeting and we got 20 students. And uh, I got emails from eight students asking uh, to be student leaders as part of the club. So we are gonna meet weekly after school as well as uh, possibly a couple of times a month, uh, maybe during flex block at school for those students who uh, do not have transportation, but we are going to be doing basically what we did for Mental Health Awareness Month um, throughout the school year. So maybe not as like big and you know um, like daily, but we're gonna do weekly announcements regarding mental health tip of the day or quote of the day. Um, we're gonna have a, a mental health table in the cafeteria a couple of times a month. Um, And this is all gonna be student led. So it's gonna be uh, supervised by an adjustment counselor and uh, other various mental health team members. And, um, but for the most part, it is gonna be like student driven because we feel like we kind of got the ball rolling and we sort of put it out there that, you know, we know this is a need. We know everybody is struggling, but we feel like, If we really want to end the stigma that that is attached to mental health. I think that the students need to be the ones to to do that. So this will be like one step in that direction
1: and something that I'm really um, hoping for and Goal of mine to accomplish um, and bring to Oxford High School is Rachel's challenge. Um, And for those of you who don't know, um, Rachel's challenge is based off the story of Rachel Scott. She was um, a student who was killed in the Columbine shootings and her family started a nonprofit and they help um, bring kindness, kindness and respect um, and to build a sense of community um, and help bring awareness um, of bullying, um, suicides um, and any violence prediction indicators. Um, They really help promote um, mental health awareness. Um, And it's gonna actually kind of piggyback off of Lori's group with her mental health leaders. And again, this is something that is also you know, student-driven, and hopefully we'll be starting a Friends of Rachel's Club um, to also do during the school day. And uh, students get trained, teachers, any staff, um, and it's a school-wide event that hopefully we will be bringing here in the spring.
3: I wonder if, uh, Jackie, do you wanna talk about, one of my favorite things that we did this year um, was the Do Kind Challenge. And that was your that was your baby.
2: Yes. So this year we brought the Do Kind Challenge. uh, It's a nonprofit organization to Uxbridge High School. We were able to raise five hundred dollars for unified sports by doing 50 random acts of kindness that were assigned to us within a 24 hour period. So it was really nice to see all the staff get together, the students come together and really try to, you know, do something for the community, for our you know, Spartan community as well in school and get some money for a really great cause. So that might be something that we can do next year and maybe find another great cause to raise some money for. I just wanted to mention a couple other things too. Um, We did the, we've done a lot of different types of screenings this year with students. Um, So it's not just what we're seeing on a daily basis, it's also collecting data. And we've worked together really hard with our new tech integration specialist, who's been amazing in helping us figure out ways to really streamline what we're doing, but also to track the data, which will, which is supporting what we need um, throughout the, not just throughout the high school, but throughout the district. So we will have results from the youth risk behavior survey, which we did this year from seventh through 12th grade. The results from the CDC will be coming out this summer. So we'll be able to compare our results to um, youth across the nation. And that's a really good tool to look at what our strengths are and what are some things that we may may need to fill some gaps in. We'd also really love to, to partner more with parents and, and hear from them about what supports they need, what do they need to learn more about. Um, we have some really great resources, just mental health wise and experience wise here. We'd love to do whether it's, um, I know with the pandemic, Zoom has become um, a blessing and a curse sort of, I guess, but you know, it, it definitely can be an easier way for parents to be involved. So if we did, evening zoom meetings uh, you know talking about um internet safety with kids or just mental health concerns or how do you get resources and supports in our community Um, we'd love to be able to do um you know more i I don't know like a a a resource guide or, or something so that parents can have some more information so we'd love to hear from them um, and then the other thing that we keep building is our school-based um, therapy services where we have two clinicians that come from outside of the school to come in and see kids for therapy because we know the waiting lists are huge we've had that program for a long time um, but we're looking at different ways to kind of fine-tune that so more kids who need you know, regular therapy um, will have access to that as well.
0: Well, the interest of time, I just want to see if there's anything that we have not touched on that folks would like to make sure we we uh, hint at or review before we say farewell to the uh, to the audience.
3: Well, we were we have been talking about like as Allison mentioned um, different ways that we can uh, kind of increase. Community access to our counseling team, and um, we talked about things like I don't know, coffee with counselors monthly, or um, maybe some like uh, like a a, f- a film screening, like a you know, mental health related or or teen related film screening and like Q and A. Um, so I guess like I'm just for anyone who is listening to this, wondering, Mr. Rubin, if they have as far as parents and families go have any ideas how we can increase that access? Uh, how would they, should they email somebody? What should they do?
0: I think it's always as easy as just sending an email to someone at the school, one of the counselors, to one of the administrators and uh, you know, just reaching out. I mean, if there's something you heard on this that uh, out there that, that piqued your interest and was something that maybe you have an, a more acute interest in, or something that you feel like might be beneficial to your students, be it uh, any of the different endeavors that we have that are more specific or some of those more general things that we do that people feel would be beneficial to have more information on. I think it's as simple as sending an email to uh, one of the adjustment counselors or even starting with your child's school counselor, one of the administrators, we can always point you in the right direction.
2: Awesome. I also just wanted to say thank you to you, Mr. Rubin, for obviously giving us this opportunity to share what we do and the supports that are available, but also just from like a district perspective, that the, the fact that we're fortunate enough to have three adjustment counselors is huge. And that took a lot of work and a lot of support from our administrative team as well as our school committee. So we really appreciate that because like I said, we've, we've been able to do a lot of proactive work, which is so important um, rather than just reacting to a crisis. Um, so we just wanted to say thank you for supporting us and supporting our kids.
0: What's the what's the line? Something something to do about taking all the credit for things when they go well? Uh, no, no, I can't do that. Never done that. Uh, no, I appreciate the work. Um, it has been, uh, I think, a long effort this year, but I think well worth it in the end. And, and my phone's going to start ringing. That's that's the alarm telling me that we're nearing the end of time. How about that? Um, no, I appreciate the uh, the kind words. I know that. Uh, sustaining momentum with things uh, and and endeavors can sometimes be challenging, uh, but I think we're we're in a good place staffing wise. And um, it's one thing to have staff; it's another thing to have the right staff. And I, I can honestly say that um, to anyone who's out there listening, the the students are better for it, and that's that's why we make the decisions we do. So uh, to our mental health team, thanks for taking some time on the on the Oxford High School Spartan podcast for sharing your your year's work, and uh, you know, hopefully, in a few months, we'll we'll have a an even more exciting update. Maybe we'll do a video when we're walking through the the wellness path. Ooh, and, uh, great. <laughs> yeah, we'll do, we'll have to do it.